Warning, this podcast contains information. Information is an addictive chemical. Being a new hunter can be an extremely daunting, frustrating endeavor. Every turn you take leads to more questions and seemingly less answers. If only there were a podcast that could answer those questions, kill those frustrations, and help you become more deadly in the woods. Well, (laughs) this ain't that podcast. New Hunter Podcast. What's going on, guys? My name is Vince. I'm going to be your host, and welcome to NHP. I am a new adult onset hunter, and I am on a mission to learn absolutely everything I can about this thing that we call hunting. And as I learn these things, I just want to share that info with you guys so that collectively we can all become more deadly in the woods. So sometimes on this show, we are going to have experts. If I want to dive into a particular element of the hunting world, um, we'll, we'll get experts on who can talk to us about those things. Other times, we're going to have everyday average Joe hunters like you and me because I really do think that there's a lot to be learned by just listening to other people's experiences in the woods. So if that sounds good to you, guys, go ahead and pause the show right now and go follow and subscribe wherever you're listening, whatever platform it is. Um, that is just going to make it easier for you guys to find us week to week when we drop new shows. Um, you can keep an eye out for obviously new hunter podcasts as well as AFCO After Hours. So with that, this week we have Justin Sinan on the show. So Justin is the host of the Running and Gunning podcast. Um, it's a really great podcast. If you guys have not listened to it, I really encourage you to go check it out. He's also a lone wolf guy, a whitetail addictions guy. Um, I had the opportunity to meet Justin the first time at Mobile Hunter Roadshow, uh, put on by Lone Wolf this summer. Uh, He was one of the other saddle guys, and I kind of gravitated towards him because I'm also a saddle hunter. So I met him that way, and then I just kind of kept up with him on social media for a while, and he's helped me out a lot throughout this year. Um, He's become just a good friend, so wanted to have him on and pick his brain about late-season mindset as well as some late-season tactics for whitetails. Now, me, personally, I'm done. I'm in Iowa. Our season ended on the 10th. Um, so I'm on to turkeys and predators, but for those of you who are still in the game, hopefully something from this, uh, can work out for you. If you're out of the game, put it in the bank, bring it out next year, re-listen to the episode, whatever it is. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be something that can help you guys out. Um, so with that, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into the podcast with Justin Sinan. All right, guys. So help me welcome to the show, Justin Sinan. Justin, how you doing today, brother? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I've been looking forward to this one. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, guys, this is another instance where we've been we've been chasing this podcast for what seems like it's probably really what like a month, but it feels like it's been even longer because it's been I've had to cancel, then Justin had to had something come up, then I had to cancel, and then Justin's water house like blew up with water. And then it was just one thing after the other. Yeah, that was, <laughs> so it, was, it was a rough go, man. The last time we were all set and literally within like a half hour of us recording, <clears throat> we lost all water pressure and I was in full freak out mode. And uh, yeah, our water main, the meter busted. So uh, yeah, I had to deal with that. Uh, that was that was fun. 
Yeah, that that is the worst. But I mean, I, there's times too. And so, like I said in the intro, guys, Justin uh, hosts his own podcast, the Running and Gunning Podcast, which again, I'll plug it. You guys need to listen to it. It's really, really good. Um, but sometimes though, when you're a podcast host, you have those days where like you feel ready to crush a podcast. You also have days where you're like, I do not want to record today. Like it just, I don't feel good. Like I don't, I've been talking like an idiot all day. And then the guest is like, shoot, I can't do it. And you're just like, oh, thank God. Yeah, I've been there, man. (laughs) I have. And and thank you for the plug. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I actually, uh, I don't know when I started listening to it. Probably you had, uh, I think it was, you had Heath, was it Heath that you had on recently? Uh Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Semi-recently. So for some reason, the inst- the the way Instagram works, I wasn't seeing anything from your podcast page, and then I went and checked it, and now I now I see everything. The algorithm's like, oh, you do want to see that, <laughs> but that was the first one I picked up, and uh, I just I didn't I didn't know what kind of podcast you had, and I found it to be really really helpful, especially for a newer hunter. Which, as I've said, you know, everyone knows this show is the new hunter podcast. So if you're a newer guy, Justin's show does a great job of just giving you a lot of information. So I think you're doing a kick-ass job of that. I love the show. So Thank you, sir. I appreciate how, you. How How is your season going? I think it's been pretty similar to how mine went. Uh, I'm obviously done at this point. I don't know when your season ends, but I know you've kind of, you're still chasing too from my understanding. Yeah. So uh, it has been the best season I've had as far as seeing mature bucks and seeing deer when I'm going out hunting. Um, but it's also been the hardest man. Um, like November 5th, I passed two really good bucks. Uh, looking back, part of me wishes I did, uh, you know, pull the trigger. Um, the (laughs) other part of me, like, uh, I kind of not to, you know, uh, bloat on myself, but I'm proud of myself, you know, like I, I stuck to my goals. Um, a few days prior to that, I, I saw a great deer and just something in, in the back of my head was like, you, you can get on that deer. Like, just let this one slide. Yeah. You know, it was a really good morning. The deer are moving great early November. So I just felt like I'd be cutting my season short, uh, ending it on that note. And it's been an absolute grind brother. Um, it, we have <laughs> like, I've got maybe a hunt or two left <clears throat> before yeah. it's over. And I'm knocking on the heels of this buck. Uh, so it's, uh, it's been good and, and whether I kill or not, it's been a fab, fantastic season. Um, uh, one of my dream hunts since I was a little kid was to, to go elk hunting and I, I killed an awesome elk this year. So yeah, the did. Lord has blessed me in so many ways, uh, just to be able to do that. Um, so I'm very, I'm very fortunate, man. And you know, I got nothing to prove it, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, it's bittersweet. I, I I would love to kill a buck. Now where you're in Kentucky, correct? I am in Western Kentucky. So when does your season officially end? It ends, I believe it's on the 15th or 16th. So it's like next Monday. Yeah. Yeah, man, that it's like, it takes, it's, this sounds dumb, but it's like, you have all season. It takes all season to get here, but when when it's like impending, you're like, "How is it already almost over?" You yeah. know, it it creeps up, but then it's like, it seems like every year you feel like you've got so long to get it done, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh no, 
I don't have any time left. <laughs> you're just, you know, you, when you get into this later, you know, time frame like this, man, it's time to be really aggressive in my opinion. And you throw those Hail Marys, um, you know, you flirt with disaster if the wind's not perfect and that's where your yeah. deer's at. Well, Hey man, like sometimes you just gotta, you know, you gotta wing it. And it's like, and if he busts me, he busts me. If, if I can get an arrow in him before, uh, you know, he wins me, then it would be awesome. But, uh, that's where I'm at. I am literally like days away from throwing a uh, very dangerous sit at this buck and Lord will, and he, <laughs> he will show up. Um, yeah. Good deal. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and say a prayer real quick and then we'll actually hop into the meat of this show. Okay? Sounds good. All right, Lord, I, I thank you again for another opportunity to just meet an amazing dude or I, yeah, I've already met him, but I, I thank you for an opportunity to talk to him on a podcast and be able to record, um, and learn and just have, have a great conversation with, with just another like-minded guy, um, I just thank you for the ability to record a podcast. I thank you for the ability to be able to go out into the woods. Um, there's a lot of things in life that could prevent me from doing those things. Um, but you've made that path open and I'm very thankful for that. Um, I'm also thankful just for Justin and his time and his knowledge, uh, and his willingness to spend an hour talking with us. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a busy life these days. And, uh, I'm just thankful that he would uh, just come hang out for a little bit. So I ask that you'd be with us the rest of this conversation, um, help it be educational and fun and just just a really great time talking to a really great guy. So, again, we thank you for this show. We thank you for Jesus, and we ask all this in Jesus' great name. Amen. Amen. So kind of kind of to touch before we hop in, you were talking about you stuck to your goals. Um, you're, you're proud of yourself for sticking to your goals and you, you don't have anything to prove. Can you kind of talk to that a little more? Because I, I feel like, especially lately, a lot of talk has been, there's two, I feel like there's two sides to the coin in hunting, like at the moment. Um, there always has been the, the guys like me who, you know, I'm new and I think that the only way to learn how to deer hunt is to deer hunt. Um, so I actually advocate for, if it gets you excited, shoot it. Um, I understand that there's reasons to let them grow. I understand there's situations and there's properties and stuff, but for a lot of new guys, like you got to kill a deer to learn how to kill a deer. Uh, you've, you've got to gut a deer to learn how to gut a deer. All the, all of those things that go into learning and gaining experience, you have to do. Now on the flip side of that, there is the diehard crowd of don't shoot spikes, don't shoot small young deer, let them grow. Um, and so I'm kind of curious because I feel like, uh, not that you're that guy that, that, you know, goes onto everyone's Instagram and says, you need to stop shooting young deer, but you're an experienced deer hunter. And obviously you are in the stage you've passed the stage of just get deer under your belt. Now you're chasing particular bucks. Um, so what are those goals that you set for yourself and what was the kind of the buildup to where you are now in terms of your mentality towards the particular deer that you want to hunt? So I think you're, you're spot on and I, I fully agree with what you're saying. Um, I think if you want my opinion on it, I think everybody 
needs to hunt for themselves and exactly like you said and and kill what makes you happy um i've been there i mean i started hunting at age 12 and i was strictly a meat hunter um that you know mm-hmm. i i shot a ton of deer i shot whatever man like if anything if it was brown it was down um for a yeah. long long time and i got into uh trying to target mature deer and um you know I, we're we're talking about i guess like this phase that i got into about 12 to 13 years ago where i switched to trying to target mature bucks and when i got into that phase um you know i was very fortunate for the area that i was able to hunt uh there were deer of that caliber there and did i settle every once in a while of course um you know when when i would see <laughs> something that that would get me excited i shot it and i think if you look at where i am now it's just um I don't want to call it a maturity level because that's not like the right terminology for it. I think it's just where I'm at in in my hunting and what I enjoy. And I think, you know, I passed a mature buck that was probably, you know, in the, in the 130s, if I could guess, uh, a fantastic deer. And to me, I would rather have somebody like yourself or a younger person or even an older person take that animal and be a lot happier with it than I would have been at that time. Um, for me, my goals, you know, this year were to try to shoot something in the 150 range or, or above. I mean, I'm kind of at the point now where I'd really like to get into the the Boone and Crockett caliber. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's a very, very hard game, and it's a very mentally challenging game just to even find an animal of that caliber. And uh Sometimes yeah. it feels like it's it's mission impossible, man. So for me, I I was fortunate enough to to have a couple deer that were around the 150 caliber and I had I had some encounters with those deer um days prior to, you know, when I passed that one this year and I was totally okay with, you know, letting that deer walk and I got some phenomenal footage. I mean, a lot of guys talk about killing them with the camera and that is what I did, man. And I mean, I, I lived in that moment and I just really, really enjoyed it. Like I could have, I could, I had my bow ready. I had my camera ready. I almost came to full draw. And when I looked down on the, on the buck, it just, he just didn't have that wow factor that I was looking for. And, you know, I, I think, um, you know, and it might sound foreign to, to, to some of the guys that are, you know, newer. And I think, once you get to that point, or maybe some of you guys don't want to get to that point, and that's totally cool. Um, it's just, for me, I, I really enjoy just trying to chase down one particular animal, and that's really where I'm at now. I, I really enjoy that that chase for the one, um, wherever it is. And I, I try to target the best buck that I can uh, every year, and sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't, um, if that kind of like answers most of your questions for that yeah yeah and when you were talking about like uh maturity level i think i think you did get it right in in terms of like if you listen to like the oks hunter they've talked about how there's like essentially different maturity levels of a hunter you have like your beginner and then you move into like a i don't remember how what how they lay it out but you move into like you know you start killing more deer and then you move into the phase of like passing killing better deer and then you move into like killing 
super mature and then you move into some like it's almost like a ride off into the sunset you're an old guy and you just like being in the woods phase but it's it's kind of interesting when you said like you look down at that buck and it just didn't have the wow factor I got to thinking like it's it's funny because I'm sure I'm, I'm certain that if I would have been in the tree that deer would have like just exploded with wow factor but to you it just wasn't what you're you know it obviously you're like that's just not it and you passed it and it's interesting because I'm finding myself I'm kind of advancing into the next phase of a hunter without like completing the beginner intermediate phase like I just I'm in a lower deer density area I hunt only public land um, maybe once or twice a year, I get to hunt a piece of private for does, but otherwise I'm at, I, I'm not in the best area for great deer and it doesn't take much for me to have wow factor. However, this year I found, uh, I've, I've said before, I had a guy reach out to me, John, and he's like, Hey man, have you ever hunted this piece of property? You should check it out. And I went there and I had an encounter with a giant. Really? And the moment, yeah, the, the moment unfortunately I was, I was way too low. And, uh, I think he didn't, he didn't spook, but he just, he knew something wasn't right when he came at me on the trail. And I was like, no, 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 don't turn around. And he turned around and walked off. But it's funny. Uh, like I said, the wow factor of before that encounter, uh, uh, one ten, I would have been like, holy crap. Right. The minute I saw that big deer, all of a sudden I didn't want that one ten anymore but I've never shot a 110. Right. So it's like I'm 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 moving on prematurely really. But I just find the psychology of that interesting how at one point in time a spike gets you excited and then you just have one encounter with a big mature buck and all of a sudden it's like you know everything's out the window. Everything I said about I'm not passing anything, I'm shooting whatever comes in front of me. All of a sudden that's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and then here, here I am, you know, I ended the, I ended my season, uh, you know, eating tag soup again. You know what, you man? Know, and did you enjoy your season though? I did. Yeah. You know, this year. Or did you learn? I mean, that's to me, I, I try to, yeah. And, and like you, I think you just have to have the attitude where, <clears throat> and it's hard to swallow it at first glance, but like, what did you take away from the season? Like, what did you learn? And there's nothing wrong with shooting a, a smaller buck, man. I mean, especially if, if you haven't, you know, gotten to that point yet. I mean, I, I can totally understand the mentality of that. And I feel like for me, it just happened at a, a younger age in my life. Like when, in when my early twenties, I'm 34, uh, by the way. So mm -hmm. in my earlier twenties, I was in an area where I actually, you know, I missed a couple of Boone and Crockett bucks and, yeah, I had those encounters and I had that urge just like you felt where you're like, I want that buck. Like I want that. I, w I just yeah. want one chance at a big buck. And it was just a snowball effect from there. I was very fortunate. The next year I shot um, a deer that was like in the upper 150s, uh, just a beautiful 10 point. And for the area I was hunting, it was no different than killing a, a Boone and Crockett caliber deer uh, in Maryland yeah. uh, where I grew up at. Um it was a phenomenal buck, man. I mean, I don't, I don't think many people there in a lifetime would ever get to get a chance at a deer like that. And I, I you know, maybe I was spoiled. Maybe it was God's way of, of blessing <laughs> me. Um, it was definitely a blessing. 
But um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think there's way too many new hunters that that get on. There's just so much information being shared now, and it's it's almost like a toss up between people shaming big buck hunters and people shaming people for shooting spikes. And it's like there's nothing good. Like in some stances, it's like so what's good and what's bad and what you know. And and new hunters are getting confused with all this stigma of you know guys puffing their chest out oh i killed i've killed five booners or i've you know like it doesn't matter man like do you, are you having fun in the woods you know like because be trying to kill mature deer is not easy especially when you get started off and it can completely steal the joy of hunting from you immediately and give you a bad taste and that's that's not what that's not what we need you know, we need people that are passionate, that enjoy going out and are looking forward to, you know, making their next sit or making their next move on a deer, whether it's a, you know, a basket rack eight or a giant. And, you know, and we all just need to understand where we are on our phase of, of being a hunter. And I know you're a Christian and it's like, you know, where are you at on your phase of being a Christian? You could say the same kind of, you know, the thing it's, we we're all on our own journey. We're not doing this for you need to not do it for anyone else than yourself. And at the end of the day, are you putting meat on the table? I mean, cause that's to me, that's the most important thing. Like I'm a meat hunter at heart and I always will be, but I still love chasing antlers, you know? And yeah. Yeah. I had a, <clears throat> I'm kind of curious, just kind of off what you said, this is an off topic. What what is your opinion? Because obviously since 2020, there's been it's it's a weird statistic. It seems like um, hunters in general are declining, but maybe it's just a public land thing. It's kind of seen as public land, uh, anyways, is being overrun by new hunters. Um, and I had a guy trying to argue that we don't need more hunters in the sport. We need less hunters that are more passionate. What is your take on that? And I don't, I don't mean to set you up. Like, I don't mean it in a bad way. If you have the opinion of like, we don't need more, but I kind of can't come at it from like, a. I think from the legislative side, I think that that doesn't get talked about quite as much. Yeah. I think we need to have more numbers, but then how do you combat when public land does seem like there are more hunters on it? to where it's harder to hunt public land, but you, you don't, I mean, I can't see why adding new hunters to the sport would be a negative. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, I think what you're seeing is like the glorification of public land hunting and more and more guys are hitting the public land woods to put a feather in their hat and say they've killed a buck on public land to be cool. Um, yeah. And and I think that the public land has always been a, a place for new hunters to go. Where are you supposed to go if you don't have a father or a grandfather right. that has a farm or, you know what I mean? And and if you really look yeah. at the grand scheme of things, how many farms have been turned into to neighborhoods and cul-de-sacs? So not only are oh, we yeah. losing private land to neighborhoods and, and more, you know, expansion, we're also, you know, making hunting, I think, more popular. And more and more people are trying to get into it. And their only avenue is public land. So, yeah, I mean, for me, I started off hunting public land. Um, 
you know, when I've really got into bow hunting, that's what I did. And I barely ever saw a hunter, you know, you'd see a couple cars, but if I saw a car park there, man, I keep driving. Um, now right. it's like you see a car and then it's like, everybody wants to, Oh, that must be a good spot. And everybody parks there. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think we need more hunters and I think, you know, there's, I I haven't looked at the statistics and being a podcaster, I really should. Um, that's something that, you know, you definitely like strike my interest with that. Um, but in, in my opinion, I think like we need to have more mentors that are, are trying to help people. Um, there's a ton of information out there and I think, I think there's a, a lot more good guys out there than bad. Like, you, you, you know, you kind of get what I'm saying. There's more people out there yeah, that yeah. want the good for the hunting community than there are yeah. p- people out there trying to tarnish it. Right. And I think right. like the way I've always looked at hunting is like, it's a brotherhood, man. Like I've met some of the best people in my life from hunting and you know, it, most of them are very genuine people and give you the shirt off their back. And I'm, I kind of try to adapt the same way. It's like, if you're a new hunter, like, and I've got tons and oodles of, you know, extra gear and stuff like that. Like I'm going to try to do what I can to give somebody something to help them. Hey, look, like you can, right. you don't need to buy it. Just use it. Like if you want to buy it down the road, that's fine. But like, here's some stuff. Let me know how you're doing with it and I'll help you if I can, you know, in any yeah. way. And, and that's kind of why I started a podcast. I had a lot of people reaching out to me about wanting information and I thought it was a great avenue to try and, you know, reach more people and get more people into to like the mobile hunting. I mean, that's really what, what I enjoy. Yeah. And I think, um, I think another thing that really hurts a lot of, of guys is, is, is who was their mentor when they got started? And are you, were you starting off at, at hunting over a bait pile? Were you hunting, you know, right. just out of uh, a big box blind with, you know, somebody, uh, there's so many different types of hunting and stipulations on this or that. It's like, you just, you know, you kind of got to be careful. And that was one of the things, uh, he cited as a reason not to, uh, bring in more people was the fact that public land hunting is getting more popular. Um, cause like you said, I think if you're, if you're a guy like me, like it's my only option. So like when I say I'm a public land hunter, it's, it's not cause I'm proud of it. It's cause I don't have a choice, but then there are guys who I, I mean, some people outright say it, some people argue it, but I, I feel like Killing a big, mature public land buck has a little bit more to it than killing a big, mature private land buck. Um, you can set private land up, you know, a little bit differently. Not to say it's easier necessarily, but the thing was with more guys wanting to hunt public, more new hunters, there's not more public land being acquired. And I think that was one of his big sticking points was we don't have the land available to uh, accommodate this many people. And I still, then, you know, then you fire back with it. Well, we, if we want to gain more land, we need more hunters on our side fighting for more public land, right? you know, cause wh- if you have 15 guys left in the country hunting, like, what are you going to accomplish? Right. You know? So, I mean, I'll argue with, I think sometimes private land hunting can be more difficult than public land hunting in, in the aspect of, you're limited to, you know, if you're trying to be ethical and not go on the neighbors, 
right now, like this right. this buck that I'm trying to kill, like I'm being an ethical hunter and not going on to the neighboring property where I know he's at. And it's like, you know, <laughs> it, it had that be public land, I could go in there and kill him. But I'm yeah. at his mercy and he's a old buck and he's smart. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's all, it's all relative to like what your knowledge is, you know, and what you're willing to put in. And I, I'd say there's fewer bow hunters than there are gun hunters. I mean, would you agree with that? You know, I don't know. I would say yes. Um, it's hard for me cause I haven't been in the sport long enough to really like see long standing trends. Yeah. I mean, this is, I just completed my fourth, fourth season. Um, and it seems like bow hunting's pretty damn popular. However, that's my echo chamber. That's yeah. where I hang out. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've chosen the last three years to not gun hunt just because I love bow hunting so much. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, orange army, man. I mean, they're out there and yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with you on that. That's, and the reason I ask that is because, I mean, there's a ton of public that's just bow only. Um, I mean, yeah. I've noticed the public land around my place. I mean, I, I, I have very rarely come across another bow hunter. Um, and I make it a mission to try to kill one. If I, if I find a, a buck on public that I'm really interested in, I'll, I'll go and dive deep to try and get him. Um, Mm-hmm. but it, you know, it, and that's where I got back to like, sometimes I think public land can be easier cause you have so much more land versus maybe only having a hundred acre yeah. farm. How many times can you hunt that without a deer knowing that you're hunting them? Right. Um, right. that's a good point. Yeah, like, yeah. You, okay. So how many thousands of acres of public land is around you and how much private land do you have to hunt? And I'm not saying that yeah. these bucks are easy to kill. That's not my, my point, but, um, you know, it, it's just food for thought. Uh, it's all how you want to approach it, man. I mean, a lot of guys talk so much about, oh, pressure, pressure, pressure. It's like, well, if you know what you're doing and you, you know how to uh, how to access a property properly and read sign, like sometimes those public land bucks, I mean, or this buck behind me, he, he was one of the easiest deer that I've ever killed <laughs> and he was a public land buck and I, I passed him the first time I hunted that area and I went in there and I was going to let a friend of mine kill him. And he was like, you got to kill him. You got to kill. Him. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no problem. <laughs> don't, t- don't tell me twice. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, and, and then you can get into bucks personalities, man. Like that's just hunting. It, it's, it's not easy, yeah. but, but, uh, you know, every deer's got their own personality and their own little uh, core area. And, man, if you if you can stumble into that core area, you know, you can get it done pretty pretty efficiently. All right, guys, let's take a quick break from the show to go through the AFCO Friends of the Show. These are all great companies backed by great people. They've been awesome and supportive to me, um, and I support them as well. And I would love for you guys to check them out. All the discount codes will be down in the show notes below. So go check those out and then head out and see what all of these companies have to offer. First is more innovations. If you're looking for something 3D printed for your bow shop at home, or even if you want just a grenade pen holder, which I think is absolutely sweet. Go ahead, check out moreinnovations.com. Next, we have Vantage Point Archery. So VPA, uh, the Omega Broadhead was their big broadhead this year. Um, It's an awesome broadhead. They're super easy to sharpen with their lay flat technology. Um, If you don't really want single bevel or two blade, they've got you covered for your broadheads as long as you're not shooting mechanicals. 
which you shouldn't be anyway, but that's just my opinion. But no, VPA is great. Um, hell, even if you're looking for a new riser for your recurve bow, check them out. They've got a lot to offer. So check out vparchery.com. Next up, we got Unbound Archery. So if you guys have been following along, you know Unbound is uh, partnered with me on the Arrow Day Challenge. So you could get one for free if you're still in the challenge. Otherwise, go check out unboundarchery.com. Um, the strings are absolutely top shelf, top notch. I, I love mine. If you've seen mine, it's that crazy color. So you can get whatever colors you want um, for whatever bow you need. So make sure you check out unboundarchery.com. And Buzzard Roost Saddles. Guys, I, I say this every single week, and I'm going to keep repeating it. It is the most comfortable, most adjustable saddle you will find on the market. Um, if you're if you're wanting to do a one-and-done, buy-once, cry-once, Buzzard Roost is where you need to go. Check them out. They I've done all-day sits in mine. I've done multiple, multiple sits in my Buzzard Roost. It's the most comfortable thing I've ever been in. I have been in other companies' saddles where I get hip pinch or it's riding my butt or whatever it may be. Buzzard Roost is totally adjustable, so you're always comfortable no matter how long you're in the woods. Check out buzzardroostsaddles.com. And last but not least, Adams Precision Archery. If you guys are looking for a custom arrow build, Adams is the place to go. You guys can get custom wraps, custom whatever veins you want, whatever colors you want. If you got uh, an idea for a wrap, they will make it for you. You can have truly 100% customized arrows um, through Adams Precision Archery. Uh, they use all the top brands, all the top components. They're put together by dudes who know what they're doing. So when I got mine out of the box, I had to do very, very, very minimal tuning with them. Um, and again, just a great company, great people. So check out adamsprecisionarchery.com and make sure you're checking out antlerfeatherco.com. We got a ton of t-shirt and sweatshirt designs and stuff on there. Uh, I'm working on coming out with podcast specific shirts. So if you guys want to support the podcast in that way, we would surely appreciate it. So check out antlerfeatherco.com and that is it for friends of the show guys. So thank you for listening. Let's hop back into the interview with Justin Sinan. So to kind of bring it bring it around to late season, we had kind of talked before about uh, how do you specifically, how do you keep yourself motivated um, when you get into the late season? Um, I mean, it, for me, I kind of stay motivated just because I'm new and I just, I want to, I want to kill a deer, you know, but once it starts snowing, once those temperatures hit, below 30 degrees once you know all of the factors of like in Iowa once gun season comes and goes in the middle of December that last three-week stretch for me it's tough to get myself to go out in the woods um, partially because I know I'm inexperienced and I know the games kind of changes from from everything I've read and learned you know that late late season their their patterns are starting to change people say uh, and so I kind of get discouraged because it feels like I got to start all the way over again. But what, uh, I mean, what, what keeps you going deep into the season like this year where you, you just, you're still chasing? It's a, it's a really tough question. I'll be very honest with you. I question what keeps me going a lot of times and I try to maintain a positive attitude, but the realism is I don't all the time. You know, I would yeah. say the biggest key factor to really grinding out through a whole season all the way from beginning to finish is having confidence that you're going to kill. Um, 
And when you don't have that confidence, it's extremely, it's extremely hard. Um, yeah. Last year, I, I was fortunate to kill a, a great deer, uh, like in December 11th or 12th. And mm-hmm. I had, you know, I was in a low place, man. I'm like, you know, I, I didn't have anything on camera. <laughs> I didn't have any buck to go after whatsoever. And I've really just hit the ground running, just trying to scout and, and move cameras and try to locate a buck. And I moved all my cameras to a doe bedding area. And one of the does, you know, went into like the secondary rut and he showed up with her and I had a cell camera in the area. Um, I know a lot of guys, you know, talk cheater. Yeah, I, I really don't, I really don't <laughs> care, man. Um, I mean, I'm using, Dude, they're awesome. I'm using cell cameras right now and I still can't kill a buck. So, I mean, wh- right. like it's, it's not like they just kill deer. You still got to do what you got to do. I, I, I don't understand yeah. the whole argument about them. It, it is what it is. It, it, does it make it easier sometimes? Yes. But Am I killing a deer over a corn pile? No, I'm not. I'm I'm still right. hunting deer on their natural movements, and, and you know, but but long story short, he showed up, and I went in there that evening and killed him. Um, so I've had that in the back of my mind this year that everything can change in a matter of a day, man. And yeah, you're not gonna kill something with a poor attitude, and you're not gonna kill something by not being in the woods. I mean, let's just be honest. Right. Like there's, there is a, a part of hunting that's luck. It's not all skill. Um, skill plays a major majority of it, but I'd say like that last five to 10% is, is partially luck, man. Um, yeah. Especially if you're not baiting a deer. I mean, like you, you don't know where he, you know, he can change up what he does on a dime. Um, I've yeah. seen bucks do the same thing two to three days in a row. And, then they'd never do it again. And they're a completely different animal or, you know, they, they change so often throughout the season, every, every week or two, they're doing something different generally. And, and yeah. it gets back to my last point, deer personalities, you know, if you find that buck, you might get lucky. You might find a buck that is like an old Homer and he just wants to hang out in one area. And if you can get close to that area, you can kill him. So yeah, I think maintaining a positive attitude um, trying to enjoy yourself and, and just let yourself know that it's not over till it's over and you got to try, um, you know, yeah. no, no quit is, is an awesome saying that I really like. And I'm putting it to the test this year, brother. <laughs> I mean, there is, <laughs> yeah. there is no doubt about it. Uh, it's, it's been a real grind this year and, and I, I kind of hate myself for, uh, for, I feel like every year, like, you know, when I do get one down, I'm like, oh, it's been a grind. Oh, it's been a grind. And I'm like, man, I really need to stop talking about the grind. It's, you know, we, <laughs> we, we all go through it. It's, it's something that we all have to do. And, and that's what makes it rewarding, right? Exactly. I was going to say, yeah, what, what would, it's, it's like that double-edged sword. Like, would I like it to be easy? Like right now, as I sit here. I still technically have tomorrow. Tomorrow's closing day. Would I like to be able to know I could just go out and kill one? Yes. But I feel like that feeling would, you know, that would, that would fade away and hunting wouldn't be what it is if it was a guarantee. You know, that's, that's, I think the biggest driving factor for most of us is just like, you just don't know. You could play everything absolutely correct and he just doesn't show up. 
I, you know, I, uh, I posted a, a, you know, a real, I'm a big motivational quote, uh, big quote guy, big, you know, I, I, I yeah. look outside of hunting for motivation and, um, a saying that, that, you know, uh, this guy, CT Fletcher, I'm not sure if you know who he is. Oh, heck so, yeah. I love CT. Yeah. So yeah, he, he, he cusses a lot. Still your motherfucking yeah, set. Yeah. He, he cusses a lot, <laughs> but, uh, but man, what he said is. You know, if you try and you're doing your absolute best and you give everything your absolute best, you know, is, is there failure in that? No. Like there's, there's pride in that, man. Like if you did everything you can and you tried your very best there, that's all you can do, man. And, and like, you just need to be okay with, you know, you have to look at your season and your success in a nutshell of. What did you learn? What did you gain? Where are you going? Are you adjusting your goals? You know, if you've always done what you've, you know, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always be where you've always been. And I think that's, it's gold, man. It's, I've always tried to assess my hunting season every year and learn and, and it's a never ending thing. Like, I don't care. I've talked to tons of very good hunters that I respect a ton and guess what? They will always bend an ear and listen to what you have to say about anything because they're all learning too, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think a lot of guys just need to realize that. And it's like, there's too much, too many guys that want that fast success. Oh, I want it. Oh, I've been working yeah. hard. It's like, yeah, man, you have been working hard. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, it, yeah. it's, it, you know, it's not a, this is not a, a, a sprint. It's a marathon, you know? Yeah. Well, I think so many guys, we, we get frustrated when you get on Instagram. Like for me, October 1st, you know, is opening day and you know, some places open in September and it's like immediately once season's open, it's boom, deer, 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 deer. And for some reason we aren't able to separate the fact that you are looking at the entire country Oh yeah. at one time. And you think, gosh, man, every, everybody's killing deer. Why am I not? It's, it's October 3rd. Why am I not killing yet? And it's like, you were looking at the entire, like if you were to take a, take a uh, percentage of total hunters and then amount of deer you see on Instagram, like it's a, it's, it's, it's a small amount. It's not as big as you think it is. And I think we let it, like we let it get into our brains and just, destroy us so early on you're absolutely right dude and i say the same thing all the time every year almost and it's like oh yeah when is it gonna be my turn i couldn't tell you (laughs) i guarantee you i've posted probably close to a hundred congratulations to friends or you know (laughs) to other guys and i've even had some of my buddies reach out like when are you gonna post a buck and i'm like yeah (laughs) whenever whenever the time is right man and you know, look yeah. back 10 years ago. What did you know about? You knew about your dad's friends or your close friends and maybe yep. your neighbor. And that was it. Right. Unless yep. you went to like, you know, your local pro shop and you seen a guy, you know, the, some of the pictures that they would put up, you know, pin up on the wall. And, you know, I, I part of me wishes we could get back to that. But I know that that's yeah. like a false, you know, it's, it's just not reality. Um, and yeah. I think people... A lot of your, a lot of guys listening to this, like you just need to understand, man. Like th- it isn't reality. Uh, you're you're seeing a glimpse of, uh, you know, somebody's some effort of a whole season. I mean, I know I dedicate 
a ton of time in the off season, the summer, all through season. If you know, and my my parents don't even get it. My mom's like, oh, well, you know, but but you get a good buck every year, <laughs> you know, yeah. But you don't understand the amount of effort that I've put in this entire season. Batteries, yeah, miles, gas, miles on my feet. I mean, like nobody's there to see all this, and it's like, yeah, and I don't want to record it all either because. You know, right. we, we just give little glimpses and then you see someone shoot a giant and it's like, you don't know what that guy's got. You don't know if his family has a thousand acres. I'll tell you what, I bet you if you had a thousand acres in your family, you go kill a good buck. You know, yeah. like we don't, we yeah. don't know everything. And it's like, um, everybody's at a different skill level, man. Like just, just hunt for yourself. Uh, that's one of my biggest takeaways from the past couple of years and being, you know, in the outdoor space and, and being around guys. And I mean, I film for, for whitetail addictions. Do you know how deflating it is when your whole team has killed giants <laughs> and you haven't, you know, right. it's like, but, but right. I don't care. I really don't, uh, you know, it is what it is. There isn't one of those guys on that team that is up there in their age that has not had a year where they didn't kill a buck. And they'll all tell yeah. you that. That's like, I don't care who you are, man. It It, it happens. When you want to step your bar up and kill something other than a basket rack and you're at that skill level, like it's, it's there, it's bound to happen. There's good years and bad years. Yeah. I think we, I, if I think it's the equivalent of like, you hear the epidemic of like young girls and social media and filters and, and body shaming and all these girls are, they see all these other beautiful girls out there and everyone's highlight reel and everyone's got, money and blah, blah. And it's destroying our, our youth girls. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's the same you know, principle. We talk about it all the time, but like, it's the same, it's the same thing for hunters. Yeah, it is, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really interesting. And I, we just can't, it's like, we all know that we all know that, you know, you're not, you're not seeing the entire, the whole story. Right. You're, you're seeing a fraction of guys who, you know, if, if hunting is 25% luck, you know, through early October, maybe those are the luck guys getting their, you know, right. early shots. In. Yeah, it's, well, here's another thing that stupid. nobody talks about, and I, I wish more people would talk about it, but how much time do you get to spend in the woods? If you're a father yeah, and yeah. a husband and you work, you know, Monday to Friday, realistically, how many time, how many days can you make it in the woods? I've, right. I've kind of, you know revolved my life in a sense to hunting. I've, I've adjusted my career. Um, I've moved, you know, 10 hours from where I grew up in pursuit of bigger deer. Um, what -hmm. are you willing to do? You know, like prime example, I, I don't know how many days I've spent in the woods fence. Uh, but it's a lot, dude. It's a whole lot. Some guys might not, it might take somebody three years to hunt as much as I did this year. And I still haven't, right. you know, and I haven't killed and, and it is what it is. I mean, there's a lot of that, man. There's a lot of that, that, that never gets talked about. And it's the absolute truth. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, that hits home with me. I was talking to my wife about, you know, probably middle of December until now, I haven't had as much opportunity or, well, it was actually daylight savings, um, just due to my work schedule through October and, you know, through daylight. So early November, I could still, 
get in the woods after work. If I went in and I got off at 2.30, I could shoot to a piece of public and at least hunt the last two hours of light. And then, man, when daylight savings time hit, and then I knew gun season wasn't that far off, yeah. I was like, that basically, you know, I'm I'm now a weekend warrior. And that's one of the, and you those know, deer that's know a frustrating the, they part They know of it. the weekends too, dude. Don't, don't yeah. you dare for a second think they don't, because they do. <laughs> Um, yeah, especially on public, I, I will be the first to tell you that, um, from, from knowledge I've had in the woods, it's like, it's a totally different block of timber when you can make it in there on a Monday or Tuesday and you know, yeah. nobody's been in there. Yeah. And that brings around to, uh, you know, we were kind of joking around about cell cams and prior to this year, uh, I wasn't, I'm, I'm, a, I'm pretty much of the, of the mind of if it's legal where you're at, go ahead and do it. You know, I, I might not do it, but if you can legally use something, go ahead and do it. I don't have a problem with that. And I've always, because I primarily, well, because I only hunt public, I've never wanted to be in, I've never wanted to do trail cams. And part of it was because I just liked the idea of the mystery. I I don't know what's there. I want to look for a sign and see what shows up. Um, and the other side of it is I didn't want to get my stuff stolen. But this year, um, when I started hunting a piece that was an hour away, you know, I, I work all the time. I have a family, I have young kids. I got cell cams and that, that immediately changed my mind on like whether or not you can look at it as cheating. And it's like, it's not like you were saying, like a cell cam does not kill a deer for you. You're not, you're not really, you know, you're finding sign, you're putting up a camera to try to see what you know, what's coming through there. And I found it extremely beneficial for me as a a father. It gives you a little bit of an edge. It, you know, what it also does is it allows you to see up to date. If you're trying to kill something that's, you know, a a decent buck and then there's a mega giant buck. What do you, what would you rather, you know, to me, that's, that's really the, the premise of me running cell cams. It's like, I've got several properties I don't have time to go check cameras all the time. I, I just don't. I don't. If if you look yeah. at what your monthly bill is, like, heck, I could burn that up in gas very easily. Oh, running, absolutely. You know, running yeah. from place to place. So I don't let that bother me. I think, I think you know, people just want something to complain about no matter what it is. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm guilty of complaining about people baiting and stuff like that. But, I, you know, I don't, <laughs> I honestly... I don't, I would never say anything to anybody about baiting. Like it's legal here. And Hey man, like if you only have the weekend to hunt and you've got a farm and like, then by all means, like it, everybody else is doing it. It's just, that's yeah. where I, I get back to, you know, hunting for yourself. And it's just, to yeah. me, I'm like you. And i really do enjoy that aspect of going in and hunting a set of woods and not knowing and having that mystery. It's, it's awesome. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I think there's just too much, too many opinions. And I posted a, a, a thing like less, less bitching, more hunting, you know? And I think yeah. it's, yeah. I like it. Cause it's, it's the truth. There's, there's too many people out yeah. here whining about this or that. And it's, it's not important. Right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So, so I guess along the lines of trail cams, cause I do think like there, a lot of people use them. I don't know if more people do than don't, but a lot of people utilize that technology and in one way or another. So when you do get later in the season, 
how do you adjust your cameras uh, or, or do you adjust them um, to kind of follow along as you're getting into December, you're getting into January, do you shift cameras or what are some other things when you're, if you're scouting or whatever that you're looking for specifically late season to keep up with whatever buck you've been chasing late season. So this year um, I've really, really tried to step my game up uh, in making mock scrapes. And that was phenomenal, man. All through all from October to, you know, early December, I kept my cameras where they were on the scrapes and deer were hitting them. Bucks were hitting them, does everything. And it was, it was great. Um, when I transfer my cameras in late season, I mainly focus on primary trails that are coming out of bedding areas. And if you can identify a good bedding area, um, and it's got a good population of deer, it's, it's not terribly difficult to figure out what's a good trail coming out of it or a good transition. And I would try to put something, you know, another scrape or whatever, they'll they'll still hit the scrapes, but I think a lot of people get thrown off because they tend to lick the branch more than they are pawing at the dirt. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really have tried to go out of my way to put the branch. So it literally like the deer almost, it smacks them in the face. Like that, that buck cannot walk by there and not just like, okay, I'm going to touch it. Um, yeah. and that's, that was my main focus. I, I did, uh, and I also will use corn. I know like I was just talking about not using corn, but I will use corn <laughs> in certain areas just for inventory to see what's around and see yeah. like, Hey, okay, well here's, here's like this end of the farm that I haven't looked at in a while or like, let's just get a feel because maybe they're not hitting these scrapes and like, I'll go dump mm-hmm. a bag of corn here or there and try to get a feel for what's around. and. What I've come to find out is a lot of these bigger bucks, man, in these this later part of the year where where you can bait, um, they they are just like totally shy of it and they almost skirt it. Really? Yeah, it's very interesting to me. It's like <laughs> so so they know something's up. Yeah, the scrapes <laughs> this should, work. This shouldn't be here right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> like if you want to kill does and and stuff like that, like I'll have smaller bucks come out. It but it it seems to me like man. Uh, specific deer um when they hit that like five-year-old marker or, or better they're either all about the corn or they are completely against it and it, it doesn't seem to be any any mix in between yeah so I, we're coming up on a little over 50 minutes now um so i don't want to keep you for much more i want to know to close it out what is your best piece of advice for a new hunter I think, I think a lot of new hunters, I, for me and my experience, I, I want more of you guys to, to focus on woodsmanship than anything. Try to, try to find somebody that might be a, a good hunter or somebody that you respect and either listening, listen to podcasts that they're putting out or, you know, try to figure out what they're doing to figure out natural movements of deer. If you can learn how to to be a better woodsman, I can promise you there's a it's just a matter of time before you will knock down a good buck or something that you're proud of. Mm-hmm. Um it's a lost art. I, I think more and more people like I, I had I was on a another podcast recently and, and the guy asked me my favorite tool to take in the woods and I was like, 
there is no tool that I'll always take in the woods, man. Like your brain, you know, mm-hmm. you need to, to hone and sharpen your brain and what you're looking for in the woods and, and have an open mind. Like don't, don't make it out to be so difficult. You know, a lot of times, um, I think we think it's, we overthink it and I'm guilty of that myself. Um, it's taken time for me to realize, but I, I know when I was a newer hunter, man, I, I was constantly getting on good, good deer just out of, you know, Hey, well, I'm going to go set up over here and, and don't be afraid to bounce around. I think, I think being mobile is very important. Try not to, to keep hunting yeah. in the same places. Um, you know, even if you get winded, like it's okay. Like don't, don't make it the end of the world. It's okay. We, we all get blown at, um, when, when you're hunting, <laughs> you know, when you're hunting mobile, like a mobile style, it, you don't know where the deer are going to come from. Just like for you, Vince. I mean, I'm sure there's several yeah. times where you're like, Oh, I made a mistake here. And that is where you're going to grow as a hunter by making mistakes and, and failures. All of my, I have very rarely learned from any of my successes. Um, I've been very fortunate to have, uh, to kill multiple, you know, Pope and young deer. And I learned so much more from my failures because they just get under my skin and piss me off. And I say like, <laughs> you know, I'm not doing that again. And I think yeah. like we all need to, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to go bump deer. It's okay to walk through the woods and cover ground and, and scare a deer, figure that out. Go when you walk through the woods and you scare a big buck or, or a little buck, whatever interests you, anything, go and find where he was laying at, go and find it. It's not mm-hmm. that hard. You'll find all the leaves matted down. And I, what I want you all to do is sit and put your head where you think that deer is. And I guarantee you a ton of stuff will come together for you. It's almost, yeah. if you look at hunting and what you're trying to accomplish as a puzzle, the more time you spend in the woods, the more pieces of that puzzle will connect. And then once you have chunks of the puzzle put together here and there, you start to get to see that bigger picture. And it just kind of clicks with you. And, and you'll understand when you see one of these beds, why that deer is there. And then you can learn from yeah. the terrain and say, okay, next time I come up on a ridge system like this, why was he better there? He was, and a lot of, a lot of bucks in late season. Another thing I wanted to touch on for late season and the grind or whatever, but a lot of these deer, they really switch to South facing slopes, especially in cold areas. Cause that's where the sun rises. Um, the mm. deer, from what I've learned, a lot of the mat- more mature bucks will bed on the end of a finger on a South facing slope, um, where they can have a good vantage point to see everything around them and smell from the backside. Um, and without trying to get too deep into tactics and stuff like that, but, but I just want you all to understand, like learn from the deer, try, try to learn more from the deer than so much. The podcast, like take your knowledge Mm -hmm. and, and hold on to it, but don't let it over consume you when you're in the woods and, and don't second guess yourself, man. Like if you feel it in your gut, you learn to trust it. And guess what? If, if something doesn't go right, well, tell yourself like, all right, well that didn't work last time, but you know, there might (laughs) be a circumstance where it will work, you know, the next time, like there's so many variables in hunting, man. And it's, it's like, I just want you guys to have fun, learn, uh, respect the animals that you're hunting. Um, 
and just just enjoy yourselves, man. Uh, we're so fortunate to to spend time, you know, in Mother Nature and uh, get to get to see these sunrises and sunsets and and God's creation. And there's there's yeah. nothing I'd rather do. Um, I, I love I love hunting, and it's uh it's really beat me up this year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, but yeah. both you and me, Vince, we've definitely uh, it's a love we, hate. We, uh, look like we came out of a UFC fight. If you want to look through the skin, oh, yeah. but um, but yeah, man, I, I mean, and that, that's what makes you a hunter, man. Those those tough years, you'll look back on and you'll be like, yeah. you know what? That that really set me up, man. I, I mean, my best season as as a bow hunter when I was younger, and I've really dived into this stuff. I never had a mentor or anything and I, and I learned and I had failures with archery and it was at that time where I realized, you know what, Justin, like you're, you're good at getting on deer, but you're a terrible shot. So learn to, an, <laughs> learn to analyze yourself. What are you, what are you good at? What are you bad at? And focus, right. focus down on your, uh, on your weaknesses and try to improve them in the off season and, and every year get better. And that's, what's going to make you be a successful hunter. Absolutely. I think that's, yeah, I think that's a great way to end it. And, you know, it just remember guys, it's late season. And, and like you said earlier, the one thing that rings in my mind whenever I walk out there is, you know, um, I've had this conversation with Miles Dykeman too. I hope to have him on here. Um, it all, it, it can all change in 30 seconds. 30 seconds can take your worst you know, your wieners has been beaten into the dirt all season long. <laughs> 30 seconds changes it. It does. And, and to what you said, like, you just got to be out there. Yep. You got to stay positive whatever, and, and keep after it. Whatever you think in the moment as a new hunter, just do the opposite and it'll probably work <laughs> out. <laughs> That's my experience. <laughs> but, but no, man, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out for an hour. Uh, it's great conversation. Oh, it's, it's been a blast, um, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. So let everybody know where they can find and follow you online. I would love to have you guys check out our podcast and uh, you can check us out on Instagram at run and gun podcast. Um, and you can follow me. Uh, if you guys have any questions, um, you know, I'd love to help anybody out. Uh, that's what, that's what we're about. You can find me at Justin underscore signing. That's S Y N A N. Um, I hope you guys have, have had a great season. Um, if you if you need anything or uh, you know want some advice or you're here or there, man, I'm I'm here for you and I I appreciate you having me on, Vince. It's been a blast, man. Absolutely, you've been you've been. Uh, I I didn't. We got so quick into it. I didn't even mention. You know, I I originally met you. I don't know if you remember, yeah. but I met you at that Mobile Hunter yes, Roadshow in Iowa, yeah. and we've you know kept in touch ever since. And I I remember reaching out to you a few times where I was in the woods and I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And I do remember one time, I think I messaged you and I was like, I feel like I should move, but I'm not sure if I should move. And you were just like, what's your gut tell you? Just do that. And you know, yeah, guys, he's just, you're just a, you've been a great guy to me and I'm just thankful that you'd come on here and share your knowledge. And it's just awesome to get to talk to you. Yes, sir. You know, I, so I appreciate it, your time. I feel like, uh, the hour went by in like no time, man. It's been, yeah. a, been a great conversation yeah. with you. That's the unfortunate part about when you get into a good conversation with people on a podcast, the time goes so fast. You're like, Oh, there was so much more, but I'm sure we'll get you back on here later on when I, I run into another new hunter problem. I'll bring you on and we'll talk about that. <laughs> I, I, I'd enjoy it, man. So, I'd love to come back on with you. 
Awesome. Well, thanks, man. Guys, make sure you're following him and and seriously, do listen to his podcast. Look it up, listen to it. Um, whatever you guys learn on this podcast, you're going to learn even more on his because he actually knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so check, <laughs> check him out. Make sure you're also following us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. It's all at Antler Feather Co. on all of those platforms. Um, as always, I appreciate every single one of you guys that listens and gives me an hour of your time. I know time's valuable, so it means a lot to me that you guys would tune into this show. So if you guys did learn something that uh, you can put in your toolbox and take into the woods with you, go ahead, follow this show. And for Justin and Vince, this is New Hunter Podcast.